If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Here we are wrapping up a very eventful, very eventful week here as we kick off the 2020 New Year, which, of course, we've got all kinds of things coming uh, down the down the line here in 2020. So we will maybe touch on a couple of those today. There's also actually a couple of things I want to get to as well that I wasn't able to get to over the holidays because we took some time off as we prepare to expand, uh, start our second hour, which um, we're working on finalizing that. In fact, there's a couple of things that we're trying to get squared away here um, on our end. So we're still uh, on track for January, but our date is going to be um, a little bit later this month. I don't have an exact one. There's some things that, um, again, that just have to happen behind the scenes. We do have, I should mention, we do have a new sales director, John, which uh, you'll hear his voice on this program at some point as a, um, well, just introducing himself for those that may want to talk with us about becoming a sponsor, advertising partner as we grow. So we've got that piece in place and working on some other things, still looking at January, but maybe pushed out a couple of weeks here. Um, I'll keep you posted on that, and I appreciate your patience as we've continued to uh, to grow here, and uh, thank you for making that possible. But I want to start, start with this airliner that was shot down, which they believe now was shot down in in Iran. Of course, when the news broke, I mean, to me, as I was just, you know, I, I saw this, I saw this come out uh, roughly you know, the same time that we saw the news that Iran had fired. Now they're tell, telling us up to 20 missiles at U.S. Uh, bases or bases where U.S. personnel, military personnel was located in Iraq. And of course, when you have a pl- plane crashes are so incredibly rare, right? I mean, my, I have a son, he's, he's fascinated with, with aviation. He watches airplanes. The kid can pick out just from a picture of an airplane. I mean, it, it's incredible to me how he can identify the, I'm talking not just whether it's a 737 or an Airbus 320 Airbus 321, like he, the kid knows this. And it's air, air travel, air, uh, just flying in, in general is, is fascinating to me. But it's it's a very safe, 
mode of transportation, even though it can make some of us uh, a little bit leery because it's kind of a foreign concept. We feel out of control, whatever the case may be, but it's a very safe form of travel. And so when, when I saw that a plane crashed in Iran um, shortly after takeoff, specifically in Tehran or outside of Tehran, at the same time roughly that uh, some of these attacks were taking place or right after those initial attacks or in, you know, the, the same general time, right, it seemed that something was amok here. And so I saw some of the initial footage, some photographs, and there were uh, holes in some of the, I don't know, the, the tail, there, there was holes that indicated it might have been struck by some, um, some explosive. Um, and people were already speculating early on that maybe this, in fact, was struck by, a, uh, by some surface-to-air missile uh, by the Iranians. And that appears to be what, what is the case. I mean, of course, the Iranians came in. They immediately told us uh, that this was mechanical issues. If you know anything about, about aviation, anytime there's a, an accident, it takes a lot of study. Uh, the, the teams come in. They recover the flight data recorder, the, um, what the, they call them the black boxes and so forth that, rec- that record the instruments and what the instruments were telling them about airspeed, about all the, the measurables of the aircraft and so forth. And they also contain the voice recordings, the final 30 minutes, I guess, uh, of the voice recordings of things that were happening within the cockpit. The Iranians came in, they took, uh, retrieved those and basically said, we're not going to share those. We know that this was a mechanical problem. There's nothing to see here. So that's where this thing started out. Now there's, of course, other evidence that it appears that they, in fact, shot down shot down this commercial airliner, Ukraine Flight PS752, flight, uh, flight PS752, which was a 737 leaving Tehran, uh, was struck, they believe, by one or two uh, surface-to-air missiles at about an altitude of 8,000 feet killing everyone on board. So you think about this. This is a tragic situation, right? I mean, first of all, uh, just the whole U.S. flights, or actually other, I don't know if it was just U.S. flights or others, they were notified to stay out of the region, to, to stay out of that airspace. And so I don't know exactly why people were still taking off from here. Um, I don't, Look, I don't know why. I don't know why a lot of folks. I mean, it's just not a safe place to to be to begin with. But nonetheless, uh, folks are trying to live their lives, get home safely, and it appears that they're shot down. And you think about why we got to this point, right? Think about why we got to this point. And it, it's it's really incredible to me the the things that we allow. Why well, say we? The the media, the media the Democrat Party, the things that we allow them, I'm talking about the leadership of the party, not the rank-and-file Democrat, not your neighbor, just those who want to use the talking points and use this as a as an alleged example of why Trump is the, the problem and why Trump is adding instability to this world. The things that we let the Iranians get away with, I mean, it's really incredible if you think about it. If you think about this, 
uh, if, if you were to list this on paper and, and jot down the things, the offenses that they have made against the United States, and look, I'm not saying the United States has always handled Iran correctly. I mean, of course, you go back to what happened with the Shah and the Iranian Revolution. Um, you can understand why folks, again, you can understand uh, if we were supporting one government over the other, how that would upset certain people. And I'm not just please, please do not misunderstand. I'm not trying to justify any of the behavior. That's not the point. But I'm, I'm simply pointing out that, um, you know, there's, there's an understandable, uh, it, it's understandable why there might be disagreements and tension. But the level that this has gotten to, that's been, that's been, it's been taken there by the Iranians to the point where they're waging uh, jihad effectively against United States uh, interests, soldiers, now aircraft. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some that wonder if it was intentional. It appears to me that they thought that this might have been a U.S. airstrike coming in, uh, and they, they, they just, they don't, they're flying blind metaphorically here. They, they can't see the things that we can see. They don't have the technology. They know that really whatever we want to, to do to them strategically, there's not a whole lot that they can do about it. And so maybe they panicked, overreacted, thought this was maybe a, a bomber or something and took it out of the sky. This wouldn't be the first time that this has happened. This, is, this sort of thing has happened multiple times in the past, several times anyway in the past. I just saw a documentary and one that happened when an uh, airliner violated Soviet airspace back, uh, back during the Cold War. But anyway, so you think about why we've, we've gotten to this point Right? We've allowed them to, to maintain and carry out this proxy war for such a long time. I say we, I mean the media. I think you know Trump is criticized for tweeting, and they're allowed to carry out proxy wars, and we don't seem to be too, too interested. The media doesn't seem to be too bothered. They're not out there talking about that every day. If they spend as much time talking about the offensive actions, the evil actions, the inexcusable behavior of the Iranians, maybe – just maybe opinion on this might be a little bit different, right? And so the Iranian regime has been troubled since day one. I don't want to, to go through this all again, but back since since 1979, understand why there was disagreements, right, with between the new leadership and the United States because we backed uh, be, be just because of that whole process and, and who we were backing and what we were trying to do and so forth. That does not excuse for one moment the actions that they took, such as taking hostages in the embassy, uh, being provocative, threatening to wipe Israel off the face of the, the planet, trying to accumulate nu- uh, nuclear weapons so that they could execute that plan of wiping Israel, who they say is the little Satan off the face of the planet. And so this stuff goes on and on, and they've been provocative. They continue, they've continued to ratchet it up over time, and... Other administrations have tried to do different things. I, Obama, in some de- to some degree, tried to appease these folks, giving them, what, $150 billion, $1.8 billion in cash on pallets? I mean, it's stupid stuff, right? How, how is this helping? So we have $1.8 billion in cash, a total of $150 billion in cash, which we know is then being used to wage these proxy wars against the United States, against our, against our allies, against our soldiers. You got Soleimani calling the shots, using those funds to do whatever he wants, to wreak havoc, 
to kill Americans, to maim Americans, to harm American interests, to fight a war against the United States without directly fighting the United States. Trump comes along and says, that's enough. No more of this. This guy is operating as though he, I mean, he's effectively, he's waging war against the United States of America. He's an enemy combatant. He's a terrorist. He's leading a, effectively a terrorist state. He's a state sponsor of terrorism. We know where he is. We're taking him out. End of story. And that's what happened. We've been through this a little bit, a couple of days. And so that's just, that's a very, a very rudimentary painting of the picture that got us to the strike that takes out Soleimani. Then in order to save face, think about this now. Because 100 and whatever it is, 186, 176 people that were on board this aircraft that was shot down, they are basically dead so that the Iranian leaders could save face. You think about this now. They're dead so that the Iranian leaders didn't get humiliated by Trump. That's it. And so then you figure, you factor in this, you know, the the question whether or not they really didn't have the capabilities to inflict large amounts of damage on our bases or on you know bases where we were lo- our troops were located and you know fortunately were they unable to inflict casualties or they didn't want to so if this was all political stunt think about this think about this that political stunt led them to to press the button to fire the missiles and then they crossed their fingers thinking dear <laughs> Dear mercy, what is President Trump going to do now? And so they might have been a little bit jittery. They saw an aircraft uh, that they thought might have been maybe a uh, retaliatory aircraft, dropping bombs, what have you. And they may have fired and shot down this aircraft, all for their glorious ego. And And President Trump's the problem. And there's still some that'll say, well, President Trump is the one that ratcheted this up he's the one that's thrown fuel on the fire that look when bad actors when bad individuals act in a manner that's out of control dangerous immoral inexcusable it forces the good actors who have the strength to respond and to stop this nonsense it forces them into difficult decisions things that they wouldn't normally do And these actions are completely justifiable. They're the ones. They're the ones behaving in both an immoral, uh, illegal, inexcusable way, not President Trump. And so as a result, if these reports are true, which it appears, again, you have to be careful because there could certainly have been something else. But it would be an incredible coincidence for there to be an air, uh, a major air disaster an airline disaster in the immediate vicinity of where all this stuff was happening. Um, it's such a rare occurrence that it just it defies common sense to think that there's not some sort of uh, relation between those things, especially when missiles are flying through the air and so forth. So anyway, I've got to take a time out. When we get back, I want to shift gears, get into a couple of other things. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. should advise you that listening to the program may in fact cause you to lean to the right. Be back here in just a minute.
mention, by the way, that this program is brought to you by brought to you by the good folks at Scott Smith Realty. If you're in the market thinking about buying or selling your home, another home, someone else's home, scottsmithteam.com to find out more information uh, at Scott Smith Realtor Group. Again, that website is scottsmithteam.com. So we there's a couple of things that I didn't get to. I want to shift gears here. Wasn't able to talk about because of the timing of things over the holiday. And one of the things that we have not yet spoken about on this program is the shooting at the church in Texas. Now, I have something else I want to talk about uh, uh, as it pertains to that here in a moment. So I don't actually don't have the name of the of the church uh, that that this happened in, but you know what I'm talking about. Some some gunman walks in, pulls out. Uh, I feel like it was a maybe a short shotgun or some such weapon, and multiple members of the church basically stand up, draw their weapons. This is in Texas, and well, they fire back and defend. You know, neutralize the guy that's shooting uh, or starting to shoot members of this congregation. Right, so that's that's the scene. Atrocious, just terrible situation. And I want to talk about the response to this because, uh, look, I, I make no bones about this. I'm a conservative and I'm a Christian. Now, you can be a conservative and not uh, not share my Christian faith. Part of being conservative, not bitter, bitter means I don't hate you. I I, I disagree. I'd love to try to convince you uh, of the truth, biblical truth, the the ne- uh, well, the necessity for there to be a creator. How it doesn't really make sense to say that everything that exists came from nothing. I don't understand, nor is it logical for something to exist by pure happen chance, and then for the result of that to be a universe that has that that's based and predicated upon the law of cause and effect. Just doesn't make sense. Everything has a cause until the first cause, and then suddenly we don't have a cause. And that's somehow supposed to create order and so forth. But anyway, don't want to go down that path. You are free. That that is part of part, God makes us to be free. God creates in us a spirit to be free, the ability to make choices, and I respect that. I respect that. But I only point out that I'm a, a conservative Christian and I love engaging with folks around this. Um but it's appropriate. You know, some people can't do that. It's too personal and it's, uh, it, they, they can't have a conversation. I can. I don't take it personally if you disagree with me. Even if you think I'm crazy, that's fine. Think that. But I'm a conservative and I'm a Christian. And I think that, that that's, that's a, well, that's, that is the central, well, the foundational, the cornerstone, the bedrock of, of who I am. It's where I ultimately find find my identity not that there's not other things that matter in life but this is uh, this is ultimately the most important thing in my life so this happens at a church so that has relevance to someone who's a christian and as a conservative i believe in the right for someone to be able to protect him or herself using a firearm so when I read this particular, I don't know if this is a tweet. I think it's it's a series of tweets. It might have been, I'm pretty sure it's a tweet. It could have been a Facebook post, but I'm pretty sure 
its tweets. I'm going to read these, hesitating whether or not I should name the account. Um, I, I'll name it. It's, it's at Gospel Panacea. The word gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, the word panacea, P-A-N-A-C-E-A. So this guy jumps onto Twitter after the shooting, right? After there's, there's people that were, you know, there was death in a congregation. In a house of worship, people were shot dead. The people that shot the shooter dead had no intention, no plan, no desire to shoot someone that morning. So then this guy jumps onto Twitter or wherever he goes, and he writes this. Free country, by the way. He can write whatever he wants. It just doesn't mean that it's not completely insane. This is what he writes. Now, he's a Christian. Unpopular opinion. Again, I want to make it clear. I am reading this. This is not my opinion. One, one iota. Point zero 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 whatever percent. None, none of this. He writes this. Unpopular opinion. Killing an armed intruder at church was the practical thing to do, but if we are honest, it was most certainly not the Christ-like thing to do. The followers of King Jesus are called to imitate him, not to be necessarily pragmatic. Lots of Christians, I think he's, uh, he didn't mean to make that plural, lots of Christian conservatives are really upset with me today. And also, uh, he left out the word are, are concerned about my intelligence and ability to read because they believe uh, we should be using violence to defend the innocent. Yet none of them are shooting abortion providers. Weird. That's the second tweet. I think these are tweets. Yeah, I'm looking at Twitter now. While you're all here, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that Jim Elliott, the missionary Jim Elliott, and his friends were all armed when the locals approached and killed them. The missionaries chose, chose, in his own words, he kind of defeats his own argument here, but chose not to fire even in defense of others. See, I, look, I'm, I don't, uh, what's the word he used here? Uh, some people are really upset with him. This, I think this is dangerous. I think that this is completely erroneous. I think this is completely insane, what he's saying here. Uh, I'm not really upset with him. I just think that this sort of thing needs to be addressed and nipped in the bud because this is, um, as I see it, part of, part of the problem, misunderstanding of, of some things today. And it's crazy to me crazy that he raises question here about the levels to which we should go to defend the innocent. Just nutty to me. Truly nutty. We'll talk about this a little bit more. I'm getting signs from Oz over here that it's time to take a timeout, and I will take that timeout. But again, we'll talk about this. Uh, It's something, again, that happened when we were out for whatever, a couple of we came in a couple of times those those two weeks during Christmas uh, Christmas and New Year, but I wasn't able to get to this, and this is something I've been sitting on for quite some time. In fact, I got screenshots of these tweets on New Year's Eve, so I wanted to, to get to that while it's still in my mind before we get to next week and start talking more about the 2020 primaries and so forth. But that being said, I've got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, where 98% of scientists, hard to believe, 98% of scientists agree that listening to this program can stop and even reverse even reverse those terrible side effects of liberalism. And that, by the way, is 1% more, 1% more than those 97% of scientists that agree that man is contributing 
to global warming and climate change. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So talking again, we're going back a little bit. And yes, I know Trump was at a rally last night and we might touch on that. But I wanted to get to things here before the end of the week that kind of accumulated over the Christmas, New Year holiday. And uh, one of those things was this uh, shooting, if you're just now joining us, the shooting at the church in Texas. I read some some tweets from Christians who basically said using violent self-defense is not what Jesus would have would have wanted. And I started this conversation by, uh, by, by saying I'm a conservative Christian. So I'm a conservative who believes in the free uh, choice, the freedom of all individuals, even those who disagree with me. <gasps> Gasp, shock, even those who are atheists. If you're an atheist, an agnostic listening to, to this program, I think you should have every right to have those ideas and beliefs. Now, again, I might try to persuade you. You can tell me well, you can tell me whatever you want. You can tell me that you don't want to be persuaded, or you can tell me to shut up, or you can turn the station, or whatever. Don't do that, by the way. It'd be a bad idea. But the point is, that's how this should. This how, that's how this should work. So, talking about these tweets where these these folks are basically the way I see it is is kind of trying to come across as a little bit holier than the rest of us. Oh yes, I I believe that you should never. Never use violence to stop someone who's in the act of perpetrating murder, committing murder. Women, children, the, the you know disabled. It doesn't matter. Let them. I guess let them kill as many as they can. Right? Just let them. Let them do that. How is that what God commands? How is that what God wants? They're 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 confusing ideas here. If someone asks you, if you're a Christian. If they say the consequence of you believing in Jesus is that we're going to kill you. you. You can go back through Old Testament examples. My favorite, I think my favorite story in the Bible, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You could go to Daniel and the lion's den. You can go to lots of these stories. You can look at the Apostle Paul. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they basically could have avoided their death sentence, although God spared them. They could have avoided their death sentence by recanting. They could have recanted. So the choice was renounce your faith in God, stop praying to God and pray to something else, someone else, whatever, or be killed. Daniel was effectively given the same choice when he was thrown into the den of lions. And they decided not to denounce their faith because that's kind of a central component of Christianity. I mean, we, 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 identify with Christ. We, we, these, this is a profession of faith. We make a a stand, right? I mean, and there's degrees of, of consequence. Sometimes there's no consequence. Sometimes there's social consequences. And in extreme cases, someone's life could be on the line. But what it never says is that you should somehow by your faith inflict harm on someone else. I mean, if you decide to stand for your faith and someone in your group recants his or her faith, it's not really your job to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Billy was too a believer. You know, bring Billy out here to the guillotine with me. That's not really the point. The point is for you to be able to remain true. It's not for you to interfere in anyone else's 
decision. And that's not what was happening here anyway. We had a gunman. We had a gunman who was uh, indiscriminately, well, discriminately in the sense of killing people in a church, but once he got in that church, was willing to shoot probably whoever he could have, potentially. So if nothing would have been done to stop this guy, the only thing that would have stopped him ultimately would have been how many bullets he had or how much of a thirst for blood he had. Is that what what God wants? If you take that logic to its to its natural end, you could have a bunch of people get together and say, you know what, we're going to go to every church in every city, in every state, in every country around the world, and we're just going to wipe Christians out in one fell swoop. And Christians, if anyone stands up and defends himself or puts an end to this, they're the ones that are somehow in the wrong. You know, there's a, a verse in the Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, I think there's a mis- misunderstanding about peacemakers. A peacemaker sometimes has to be willing to put a stop, to put a stop to the one who is intent upon harming other people. And that's effectively what we've got in this situation. And this drives me bonkers and batty because I think this is a dangerous way of thinking. Of course, nobody wants to be put in that particular predicament or circumstance. I'm reminded too of when the Israelites returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the city, to rebuild the walls, right? To, to build that city back up after it, was, after it was destroyed. They stood guard around the city. Each of them stood guard, ironically, as a conservative would. They all collectively worked together, but they all were responsible for protecting that particular area adjacent to or that you know, bordered their property. They protected it. They were armed. Oh, my goodness. The audacity of these folks, right? You read some of the Old, I know old Testament. You read some of these Old Testament stories and the story of David and Goliath. What would these folks say about David and Goliath? Oh, David should have just you know, prayed for Goliath, sat down and had a conversation with him, talk him out of it, I guess, tell him he's being a mean bully. It's, just, it's bizarre to me. It really is. Of course, we don't go looking for it. We don't try to seek. We're not trying to, uh, you know, be be vengeful, seek revenge, have wrong motivations. It does require a degree of wisdom. The circumstances do. But it certainly doesn't say that I'm willing to sacrifice someone else and not intervene um, for them and then let the, the evil perpetrator get away with it. How in the world is that a good thing? Beyond my ability to grasp and comprehend it really is. And I had to say something about it because when I first saw this, I thought this is literally nuts. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that today. Have, time is ticking down here. It's time for me to take a break. Probably have more to say, but time does not allow me to do that. But got to stop, move on. And uh, when we get back, I want to shift gears again a little bit here as we get to the latter half of the program. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So I want to shift back to Iran, but on on a different, different front here. Yesterday, House of Representatives 
Thursday approved the Iran War Powers Resolution. I'm looking at CNN.com, CNNpolitics.com, the most trusted name in news, CNN. This was an effort, they say, to restrain President Trump's ability to use military action against Iran without congressional approval with the support of three Republicans. So three um, Republicans, including Matt Gates, Francis Rooney, both of Florida, and Thomas Massey of Kentucky. They crossed lines, giving us a 224 to 194 victory. This will now go to the Senate. Um, and there's – there's uh, this is this is an issue that that has layers to it. So there's there's lots of, I think lots of important issues here. Number one, uh, it is the responsibility of Congress to wage uh, to declare war, right? That's a constitutional power. Congress has the power to declare war. Congress also has the power to determine budgets, which they seem to not have any idea what they're doing with that. But nonetheless, they. They create and approve exp- expenses, right? They, they approve what gets money. And so if there's money in the military, one school of thinking is you know, if, if the military has X, you know, X hundreds billions of dollars in their budget, then the president can use said funds to – you know, from an executive position, he's the chief executive. He's the commander in chief, so he does have authority. For example, if if someone attacks the United States, and it's something, you know, we don't have to, our soldiers don't have to sit there holding their weapons, waiting for the president to then, you know, maybe call Congress into session or get Pelosi on the phone and get all that together and vote to declare war before they fire back. And that's that's obviously not not the intent of the founders. The pre- the president can take tactical action to save the lives, protect the lives of Americans, just as military personnel who are, you know, performing lawful duties or, you know, they're you know, mind doing what they're supposed to be doing peaceful uh, peacefully. If they're attacked by someone else, they can fire back. I mean, this you don't have to wait until the president tells you that you can do that unless they specifically, which in some crazy cases, Trump doesn't do this, but these rules of engagement seem crazy some of the times that they put this stuff together. But anyhow, so there's, there's, there is a legitimate question as to when this becomes war and when this becomes the president having his ability, uh, his discretion to take care of imminent threats to the United States. Of course, the Democrats are saying that there is no threat. Uh, that, that President Trump is blowing this out of proportion. What's what's crazy to me is that this stuff was ha- has been happening right before our eyes for a long time. I mean, every time you see, every time you see, you know, terrorist activities by Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, different different groups. These are these are funded. This is an extension of Iran. Every time you see some of these weapons that are used, roadside bombs that are used to kill our soldiers, to maim our soldiers, those are the product of Iran. And we act as though the media and the left acts as though, acts as though this isn't happening. Again, those, those people on that aircraft that were shot down in Iran, as it appears to be what happened now, as that appears – looked that way from the beginning. But as it, it appears to clearly be the case. They were shot down because we've allowed this regime, this Iranian regime – to get to this point to where this is apparently 
kind of the status quo. Again, they they shot down this aircraft for their own glorious, their their own you know over glorified egos, right? They can't they can't let Donald Trump get away with it. They can't have their reputation damaged, so they have to stage either an attack that's ineffective or one that's deliberately staged to be ineffective so that they wouldn't further provoke the greatest military power in the history of the world, led by a guy that's not putting up with this junk anymore. Anyway, so we've got this resolution. It's now going to go on to the Senate. And there are legitimate questions. There are questions about cons- – I'm okay with that. Constitutional authority, You know, when does this become something that uh, the president can or cannot do? But likewise, if – if the enemy sees too much opposition, what they what they uh, perceive as opposition to Trump taking any action, they can perceive that as as weakness. Or if if for example they limit the president within a certain amount of time, I mean these guys aren't the Iranians aren't stupid, right? They can say we'll just wait until that said time has expired and then we'll take another action then what's president trump going to do he's been limited by by his congress and then who knows what trump would do he might act anyway i don't know but there's a legitimate part of this discussion that's taking place but there's also an overblown part of this that's taking place this sort of thing has been this is the common tension and battle between congress and the president when coming to issues like this pertaining to national security uh, acts of war, terrorism, and that sort of thing. And there's a conversation and a debate to be had. There's perspectives on this, and we have to main tr- maintain true commitment to the Constitution. But at the same time, the same time when when one side uses this for simply political leverage to to damage the president, that's not healthy. When one side says rhetoric that can be used to actually talk about something that the enemy wants to see or hear. We're not talking about Russian collusion. We're talking about you know, something that could be used as propaganda for the Iranians. I mean, this is the sort of thing that could potentially, right? I mean, be the, be the case if it's perceived as overly weak and not, uh, not strong enough. That sort of thing is really helpful to them as they wage their proxy wars against the United States. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening to the Home of Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in, back in just a minute. Well, unfortunately, that is about all the time that we have for the week. I wish I could play – now, this is from earlier in the week, but I wish I could have played the clips from Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes, which I'm sure you've heard by now. But you know what? Good for him. I know he said some vulgar things. I'm not necessarily defending that. But good for him to, to put, put these arrogant folks in their place as far as it pertains to them coming up on stage, lecturing us. Well, not me because I don't watch this junk, but lecturing the American people on politics as he says they would call their agents if ISIS had a streaming service if they thought they could get a job. So anyway, there's the music telling me it's time to shut up for the weekend, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. SDG. Take care.